Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 66, Leading from Behind The reason rivers and seas are called the kings of the valley is because they keep below them. Therefore, the wise ones desiring to be above their people must, in their demeanors, keep below them. Wishing to benefit their people, they must ever keep themselves out of sight. The wise dwell above, yet the people do not feel the burden. They are the leaders, and the people suffer no harm. Therefore the world rejoices to exalt them and never wearies of them. Because they will not quarrel with anyone, no one can quarrel with them. That's verse 66 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Dwight Goddard. Next, let's break it down. This verse has three parts to it, and we'll take each part, one idea, at a time. Part one talks about ruling the rulers of the valleys. Part two talks about subtle leadership. And part three talks about guiding with principles. So the first line says, The reason rivers and seas are called the kings of the valley is because they keep below them. In other translations, Lin Yutang, for example, uh, he says that the sea or the ocean is the queen and she presides over the lords of the ravines. So this is just a bunch of imagery to say that there are subsidiary bodies of water that flow towards this bigger body of water. We've understood and experienced this motif before with water seeking the lowest point. And this is just another illustration of that. So in this one, 
the illustration is basically saying, okay, well, if you can be lower than the low, just like the sea and all the tributary rivers flowing towards it, that means if you can humble yourself as a leader, everyone will naturally follow. That's the basic gist. (laughs) Okay, so let's look at part two where we talk about subtle leadership. He says, the wise ones desiring to be above their people must in their demeanors keep below them. And to me, this kind of means that the subtle leadership is all about, well, in my opinion, just being a servant leader, a leader that's there to serve others and make sure that the team and the subordinates get what they need in order to accomplish that which is set before them. And so the leader's job is not to stand there above and motivate with fear. Rather, the leader's job is to get folks what they need, empower them, and enable them to create something. And that's really what a servant leader, at least in my opinion and experience, does. Now, the third part talks about guiding with principles. And so the idea here is that none of the servant leadership, none of the humility is actually sourced from the individual alone. Yes, the leader is a vessel. The leader is willing to lead with humility. But that original humility does not come from just the corporeal entity that the leader is. No, it comes from the Tao. It comes from the principles. And so I think the main idea here is that if we as teachers and leaders of ourselves, as as leaders and teachers of others, if we allow ourselves to be empty, allow the Tao to flow into the vessel that we craft as our empty selves, and then we can use that in service to others, we will have become the kings of the valley <laughs> or the sea or... Basically, we're practicing Tao-centered leadership. So, that will wrap up the quick discussion on my interpretation of the verse. So, to summarize, let's remember that verse 66 has three parts to it. Part 1 talks about ruling the rulers of the valleys. Part 2 talks about subtle leadership. And part 3 talks about guiding with principles. Okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 66 again. The reason rivers and seas are called the kings of the valley is because they keep below them. Therefore, the wise ones desiring to be above their people must in their demeanors keep below them. Wishing to benefit their people, they must ever keep themselves out of sight. The wise dwell above, yet the people do not feel the burden. They are the leaders, and the people suffer no harm. Therefore, the world rejoices to exalt them and never wearies of them. Because they will not quarrel with anyone, no one can quarrel with them. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering leading from behind. There are three things. Number one talks about the servant leader. Number two 
is leading from behind. And number three is serving and leading ourselves. The Servant Leader. His name is Steve. His name is Mark. His name is Charles. These are the names of the leaders I had in the military that always showed me what right looked like. They always showed me what it was to lead others, both on and off the proverbial battlefield. Steve taught me that as a leader, my job was to serve as a ballast. And if the people were anxious about something, it was my job to encourage calm. If they were complacent or lured into a false sense of security, it was my job to stir their energies. In practicing group tasks, Steve said always, go slow to go fast. He meant that diligent, deliberate practice made for smooth and efficient execution later. Now, Mark taught me that in solving leadership challenges, there were usually one of three or a combination thereof. Things were either a resource issue, a training issue, or a discipline issue. And resource issues needed resource fixes, training issues needed training fixes, and discipline issues needed both incentives and redress. Charles showed me that no matter who you're with, you can find that magic string inside of them and pull out their best selves. Charles was a motivator. He treated us like people, worthy of dignity and respect, no matter what our rank was. Charles presented us with gifts during the holidays. Looking back on these and many other leaders I've had, I notice a few things. They knew through mentorship from their leaders and practice, that the key to solid leadership was placing themselves below their subordinates. Their jobs were to teach young leaders like me to provide what the people needed and to guide them along the way. And not only did they know this, more importantly, they practiced it. In this verse, we get an analogy of the ocean becoming the ruler of the rivers and streams and the lords of the ravines. All water flows to a lower elevation, in other words. Then we hear Lao Tzu's advice for becoming like the ocean. Practice humble leadership. My time in the military and my leaders taught me that this is, of course, more than just talking about it. It was more about showing and doing and then using words to highlight actions. Just like in the verse, my leaders showed me that when they used simple language to relate to me and allowed me to make mistakes, I saw that they were really taking care of me, and so I never tired of them. Yes, they were in front. They led by example, and they were the ones who stood in front of us in the formation. But they were the ones who were always showing, always encouraging, most of the time, they showed us what to do and then stepped back, giving us space to accomplish our work. But they didn't go away. They were content to watch and guide as we needed help. They led from the front, but they stayed in the back. My leaders were servants, and for them, I am grateful. The military wasn't the only place I experienced servant leadership, of course. I look around in my civilian life and I see leaders who are there to affect change by serving others. 
This is in companies, organizations, and community. My thought is that even though this verse was written 2,500 years ago, I can still witness it in action today. I'd like to challenge you to have a look around and see if you can identify those servant leaders in your life. Are there aspects of them that demonstrate the principles of this verse? Leading from behind. There's a movie, perhaps a cult classic in the United States, and it's called Clerks. It's a story of different characters that revolves around a convenience store. The movie takes place during one day. And one of the main characters only says like two lines, and those are at the end of the movie. And his name? <laughs> Silent Bob. And, you know, because he's just there, witness to everything, but he doesn't really say anything. When he talks, it's like, whoa, we should listen. And, of course, he says some wise things that just sort of wrap up the whole idea of the movie. Now, there's another work I'd like to mention. This one is a Chinese drama series called The Rise of Phoenixes. I found it on Netflix. It is set in the Tianxian Kingdom around 1 BCE. The series centers around the emperor and Ningyi, the sixth prince in line to the throne, and the actions they take to preserve wholeness and morality inside a corrupted court. What struck me, though, is another character called Feng Shui. Feng Shui is a female character who is brilliant and steadfastly follows the principles of Tao. Never wavering from them, she finds herself a commoner in various roles in the court. First, she becomes a student at the prestigious Qingming Academy. Then, she fills the position of the ultimate scholar in court, having to dress as a male. And what is discovered, she is a female. She is cast into prison to be executed because she lied about her gender. Now, to save her, the emperor sends her to another province in the role of a royal inspector. Now, throughout the series, we are constantly reminded how the person of Feng Shui is not born of royal blood, but through her words and actions, she wins the hearts of many in the empire and attains high positions. Although she's not the main character in the series, for me, she is. Why? Because she is lower than the lakes and the rivers. Feng Shui is the ocean into which all water flows. She issues no edicts because she has no authority to do so. Yet people, to include Ningyi and his father the emperor, follow her words. No one in the series ever gets tired of Feng Shui. They always try to be like her. No one looks to compete with her or do her harm. Have you felt that sometimes it's hard to do the right thing? That it's hard to stand up for what we feel is correct? There are always stakes. I have an unpopular opinion. If I voice it, and even though it's true, people will think I'm not cool. Or dumb. <laughs> or they won't talk to me anymore. In Feng Shui's case, standing up for what was right often meant that she might be executed. <laughs> But despite the stakes, isn't it always better in the long run? I think most people would agree with me. It's that short run that gets me every time, though. 
I mean, I don't want to tell my wife how I really feel so I can avoid an argument. I don't want to tell my coworkers that we shouldn't be taking this course of action because it's not the right thing to do because in the past they have looked at me with pity and told me that this was the way things worked. I lost opportunities at work because of that. With friends, when I tell my truth, I get a side eye or don't get invited to gatherings. I feel like most of these consequences are largely in my head, though. Sure, there may be some evidence to support real loss of harmony in my marriage, but after the smoke clears, we are better for it. The opportunities at work I lost were the ones I really didn't want anyway. And the friends? Perhaps I said something that will stick with one of them and help them grow, if not now, then later. For me, it's the long run that Lao Tzu is talking about here when leading from behind. It takes a while for water to leave the mountain and join with the sea, but there is a steady pressure of gravity, which is our adherence to the Tao, that eventually helps the water to get to where it needs to go. It requires patience, humility, and compassion on our parts, yes. But isn't it always worth it when we persevere? Serving and leading ourselves. In meditation, I have tried to force myself to be present. This works poorly for me, especially when I'm agitated. Sometimes I'm all, focus, focus, focus. And I end up trying too hard, and then I'm focusing on focusing. (laughs) And then the thought creeps in, and then I'm all, no, that's not how you do it. And then I try to focus harder. And at the end of the session, I just give up and tell myself, I'll try again. (laughs) Sometimes, I'll tell myself that, no, I'm not going to eat this. Or, I'm not going to entertain thoughts of grandiosity. Or, I'm not going to argue with others. I say, no, Dan, we're better than that. Stop it. And while I may be able to control my physical behavior, I end up agitating myself and holding things in because even though I haven't done the thing I didn't want to do, I'm still wanting to do it. Probably more so, since I told myself no. So what's the deal here? I thought that following the Tao, I would be able to control this stuff. Well, at this point, I can ask myself, which ruler am I being right now? Am I the despot? The dictator who is ruling with fear and punishment? Or am I being the sage that leads from behind? Well, let's have a look. I tell myself no, and I mean it. We're not going to do this, think this, or feel this. And then I say, for good measure, if we do think or feel this, you won't be worthy. You'll be weak and a failure. And then if I avoid it, I feel all proud, like, yeah, I made that happen. Or if I don't avoid doing it, I punish me with the same feelings with which I threaten myself, guilt and shame. Does this sound familiar? I think this is a natural thing for us to go through until we can become aware of and begin practicing the way of the sage. So what does that look like? Well, for your consideration, this isn't the only way, I'm sure, but it's what works for me for now. I say, hmm, I would like to avoid doing this, thinking that, or feeling this way. And when I find that I'm stealing myself for a battle against me, I recognize that feeling that we might call willpower. 
I could then remember that most of the time, this battle ends up with a loser. Either me, or me. So instead of trying to force things, when I remember, I ask myself, Dan, would you be willing to avoid doing this? Or would you be willing to allow your feelings? Or could you just observe your thoughts instead of taking them seriously? As the sage, I am the gentle, weak force of gravity that gives myself a choice. And I sidestep that exhausting battle completely. I lead from behind, gently guiding me, giving me the choice. Most of the time, I end up not doing the thing, being okay with the feelings, or suffering no consequences of idle thoughts I've given no power. (laughs) When I'm aware, of course. You know, there are also times when I just can't be willing. But if it's really, really important for me to not do stuff, I actually have yet another tool I can use. Yes, I can ask the Tao to help me be willing. It's okay to be vulnerable, remember? It's okay to ask the universe or the Tao for help. Actually, I've found this to be a great, great thing to practice. If I'm open and patient, I gradually do become willing after I ask. All I need is a little trust, a little patience, and then a little gratitude. And of course, compassion with me in case I don't get it right the first, second, or 50th time. The Tao provides, like every time. All I need to do is keep walking on the path. So that's a great place to stop today. To wrap up my experience with this verse and considering leading from behind, I thought about three things. I thought about the servant leader. I thought about leading from behind. And I also thought about serving and leading ourselves. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of leading from behind in this verse today. Let's consider how we can allow our sage to lead us into self-love. When we considered our teachers and leaders, we saw that simple alignment with what is right resonated with us and we became receptive and willing to follow. We considered how our own behavior, when it is in harmony with the principles, leads and teaches others, mostly without our intervention. And finally, we saw that in asking ourselves to be willing to do the right thing at the right time to the best of our ability, we end up allowing the Tao to guide us without too much effort on our part. Now, I'd like us to consider another level, asking to be led into self-love. When we are busy trying to get ourselves to do things, We use fear of failure as a motivator and guilt and shame as tools of punishment when we fail. I've found that for me, I use these things because I was asking too much of myself based on my desires to be a creature of my own making. When I am able to let go of my own ambitions for myself, I find that the power of the Tao flows through me and I'm automatically the better version of me course, it's an ongoing process and one that requires patience and practice. One of those things that just happens along the way is this feeling that I am worthy of my love. The key for me 
is to let go. To let go of what I think Dan should do, think, or be, and allow the Tao to use me as a vessel. So what does this look like? Well, at home, this looks like me being okay with being wrong, but also setting boundaries. I ask the Tao to show me how I can respect others, but also my heart. At work, this looks like me showing up to be of service and avoiding doing things I feel aren't right for me solely because I will gain favor with the culture. I ask the Tao to help me to be willing to place less importance on who I think I should be and more importance on being helpful. And with friends, this looks like doing my best to suspend any and all judgment against others in its myriad sneaky forms while respecting my own person amongst others. I ask the Tao to help me be willing to learn how I am comparing myself to others in an effort to gain social respect and prestige. So, ask yourself, would I be willing to become aware of how I'm hurting myself and trying to care for others? Would I be willing to let go of any social reward I think I might get from being right in an argument, getting a title, or being popular? Would I be willing to see that it is I, not others, that sets my boundaries and then crosses them in pursuit of things that seem to be better, feel better, or seem more attractive than my own love for myself? And if you're willing... Just ask the Tao to help you recognize the right thing to do or say or think when the time is right. Ask the Tao to help you be willing to do it. I have found that when I am willing to be willing, the Tao always provides. More often than not, I end up honoring others and myself simultaneously. And that self-love thing we talked about I feel like it's just one of those things that happens naturally as I continue to try my best to do the right thing for others and myself. With the Tao's help, of course. The whole idea here is that by being open and receptive and willing, I eventually get to a place where I can look in the mirror and tell me, I love you, Dan. I wish the same and better for you. Peace. To close out this episode, I will leave you with a final reading of verse 66 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Dwight Goddard. The reason rivers and seas are called the kings of the valley is because they keep below them. Therefore, the wise ones desiring to be above their people must, in their demeanors, keep below them. Wishing to benefit their people, they must ever keep themselves out of sight. The wise dwell above, yet the people do not feel the burden. They are the leaders, and the people suffer no harm. Therefore, the world rejoices to exalt them and never wearies of them. Because they will not quarrel with anyone, no one can quarrel with them. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. 
In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.